0: Good afternoon, Lumpur. Good afternoon, Rajana Soko. So today is Friday, the 9th of September 2022, and we are at Temple Forest Monastery. So I heard that the funeral for George Sharp at Amaravati went very well yesterday.
1: Yes, I've heard that too, and I was sent photographs of the uh, funeral ceremony taken in the temple at Amravati, and this was a great tribute to my great friend and supporter for many years, George Sharp. I was very touched and moved by the kind, how many people came to the to this ceremony and. Uh, I'm sure we have, so many of us feel enormous gratitude for George's life and his determination to establish a Thai Forest
0: Monastery in the UK. Today I wanted to ask about a certain way of practicing Use, what would what you have to say or offer as a reflection about using the open unknowing state of mind as a refuge as something to come back to in their practice
1: well the open unknowingness is not a state of mind it's, uh, it's the ultimate reality, really. It's it's the silence behind the noise, behind the thoughts, behind the, that underlies all creation, all forms, all conditions. So it's to be realized, each one for themselves, because it, it cannot be described or it's not an object that you can see, or hear, or smell, or taste, or touch, but it's a, what we say, ultimate reality, absolute reality. And the reason why we can't know it as an object is because we are that. We are this open unknowingness. The, the one we identify with out of ignorance is with the changing conditions of the world, of the body, the mental states, emotions, habits, cultural identities, all the perceptions we we hold on to and, and regard in very personal uh, ways that causes suffering. Because when we're holding on to condition phenomena and we don't know we're doing it, when we're just blindly out of ignorance holding on to conditioning, then that is the very cause of suffering. This this ignorance of the open unknowingness that is peace and peaceful and silent. Then we're caught in the world of activities, thoughts, emotions, changing conditions. And you know, it's beyond our control to to just create a world that is uh, perfect but we live in a world that is very nature is unsatisfactory imperfect and then we suffer from that world that we create so the way of practice the silence behind the noise the open annoyingness is not it's 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 open annoyingness it doesn't have, know anything. Because to know something, to understand something, you have to create it. So it is, um, you know, so we give up trying to create a world or an ideal or out of this ignorance by allowing wisdom to operate through these forms by witnessing the unsatisfactoriness of the conditioned realms that we're attached to. We investigate. We we pay attention to the experience of our obsessive clinging to belief systems, to doctrines, to perceptions, to cultural identities, political identities, how we cling to religious identities. And uh, we're always clinging, holding on to conditions that are themselves empty and unsatisfactory. So when we realize we have this insight into the, the clinging that we're, we're doing out of habit, not out of choice. It's not that we choose to cling, we're conditioned from early age to cling and believe what we're told. So we, we do it blindly and we live in a society that's, that's belief is in the, the clinging process to ideas, memories of the past, to emotional states that we've developed, to belief systems, whether they're right or wrong, good or bad, we we cling out of this ignorance. So the Buddha's message is to to let go. You can't let go of something just uh, while you're still clinging to things that you don't know you're clinging to. So even clinging to the perception of letting go uh, you know it, uh, has its limitations but letting go is a is a way of of noticing how when we become obsessed with our suffering with our emotions with our views and opinions when we hate and and become infatuated with someone or we feel jealous or envious or fear, frightened, when we feel inadequate, or we feel superior to others, you know, these are, we witness to them. Am I really this, this frightened person, when there's fear going through, through the, uh, am experiencing a fear state, then the question, am I really this fear that I'm experiencing, because it comes and goes according to other conditions. Are you frightened all the time? Are you jealous all the time? Do you worry every moment? You know, uh, there are moments when we we are not worried, not jealous, not frightened, but we don't tend to notice them because we give so much but our habit of clinging, of grasping hold of unsatisfactory conditions is so strong that people, you know, they they, they resort to all kinds of distraction like and fight more. What why do people take to alcohol or drugs? Become obsessed with sex, smoke cigarettes, and and you know become addicted to various substances. Why, why do we do that? Because of fear, of anxiety, of worry, of boredom, of despair. When you live your life hoping to achieve something, change the world, like when you're young, you know, when I was young, I I was very idealistic, so I had, you know, hopes to change the world for the better, and uh, you know, I had very kind of noble intentions and, and ideals. But as I grew older, by the time I was 30, I, I, I really, I realized that I was how I lived my life. I was accomplishing nothing that I had hoped to attain by that, by that decade that had passed. Then there's despair, then there's hope. And then there is uh, suddenly you, you realize there's a way out of the whole dilemma. And that way out of the whole dilemma is to wake up, which is the very essence of Buddhist teaching. It's to wake up and realize you're not these unsatisfactory empty conditions. You're not the world you create or believe in. You're not anything but this open unknowingness, the reality of peace, love, unconditioned love, silence. From then on, you, you do the best you can with the rest of your life, you know, in terms of what happens to you, you know, even in the scriptures, the Buddha, after his enlightenment, he was fairly youthful, and then he lived to a rightful age of 80, and then uh, died from a disease. Uh, so, the physical body of Gautama, the Buddha, had to go through its, its natural uh, passage from birth to death, but the Buddha was not attached to it. He didn't, he saw through the, the illusory identities he'd formed about being a prince, about being a summoner, about being anything. But still the body, you know, is uh, going to get old, get sick and die, because that's its very nature.
0: You tend to bring up similes like the silence behind the noise or the space between the thoughts when you talk about this open unknowingness so for people who may not be familiar with this expression the open unknownness and wondering how to how to notice it how to learn to trust it as a refuge it's always through this kind of noticing the objects the Sankara's in consciousness and then learning to recognize the background is that right?
1: yeah it's 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 investigatory it's not a belief it's reality so it's it's here and now so it's not something you know that you have to find as an object because you can't do it but when I use words like sound of silence or the cosmic pulse or vibration or whatever, you know, these, then we try to look for something. The the danger of labeling it, by giving it, uh, you know, trying to describe it, uh, oftentimes leads to this grasping of trying to find it rather than just relaxing, opening wide to the way it is in the here and now. So, in uh, you know, so much of what is called meditation is about attaining stages, and then you you question yourself about attaining. Can you attain ultimate reality? Can does my personality will it ever know ultimate reality as a person that I'm? attached to, with my personal identity, my appearance, my body, my past, my virtues, my faults, and these things, these conditions, states of mind that change, come and go, you begin to be the witness to them, rather than the owner of them. So, like fear, you know, and there's a lot to be afraid of as a human body in the, in the uh, world that we live in. And, you know, just the daily news you hear about mass shootings in supermarkets, there's schools and, and war in Ukraine, and so many Ukrainians being killed, or Russian soldiers being slaughtered, and, and, uh, you know, you realize how vulnerable, human beings as 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 physical objects is that if that's our identity if that's the only identity we have you know it's gonna get old and get sick and die happens to everybody and uh, that identity is, is you know is is not what we are so what are we and then this question of finding, you know, what am I really? Am I really the the emotional habits I have? Because we, we, emo- we have emotions. We feel life. We feel pleasure and pain and praise and blame and success and failure. We feel, you know, uh, this is a feeling realm. It's not a an ideal realm that we're living in. Planet Earth is not ideal. It's a changing condition, like all conditions in in the universe. And yet we, you know, we, we would like to change it to make it better. We'd like to create a society where everything's fair and just and equality reigns and tolerance for religion and beliefs. All the ideals can be very beautifully constructed with the intellect. But the ideals are, you know, that's all they are. They're empty. They're not the way uh, the experience of life is in terms of the conditioned realm. So the Buddha emphasized over and over again the unsatisfactoriness of condition phenomena. So to get beyond the condition, then I would ask myself, can one condition know another condition? You know, so, you know, if, if all conditions are empty, if all, all phenomena are empty, Can an empty phenomena know another empty phenomena? What's the knowing of phenomena, the witness to phenomena? And then of course that's what we call awareness. And as we rest in awareness, we let go. We see the pointlessness of just this habitual blind clinging to conditions that are causing us worry, fear, doubt, uh, suffering of various levels. We, we aren't getting rid of it, it's not annihilation, but we're, we're no longer trying to hold on to something that is changing and we can't control, make it perfect. So by letting go, we realize what we call the Third Noble Truth of Nirvana and the Suffering. Because as soon as we trust in the wide open unknowingness, suffering ceases in the silence, the cosmic pulse, the sound of silence. Whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. You know, a vibration, or a, it's not, you know, a sound, who it says it's sound? No, it's not sound. It, but it's, uh, we're doing the best with, with the language we speak to try to convey the message to describe what's indescribable, but realizable through awareness, through witnessing the emptiness, the unsatisfactoriness of the phenomena that we experience in the present. So then the insight. Insight arises. The wisdom, universal wisdom, is to let go of it. Why hold on blindly to thing to conditions that inevitably lead to on to some form of suffering? So that you get what we call insight into the ultimate reality and that's what we are, you know, our real identity is not an identity because we're not creating an attachment to it because we are that, that perfect, whole, complete, dhamma, absolute reality of the here and now that is available to all of us if we investigate life if we're not just going along with habit patterns or blindly following uh, belief systems without understanding what we're
0: doing thank you very much from Paul.